Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the largest online nursery in the USA? With more than 10,000 plant varieties and millions of satisfied customers. I have their trees and plants at my home, and they're fantastic. Have you had your fair share of landscaping woes and wasted weekends at crowded nurseries? Finding fast-growing trees will be like stumbling upon a hidden treasure, believe me. With fast-growing trees, it's different. From fruit trees to houseplants, they have it all delivered right to your doorstep. Plus, their plant experts are always available for advice. And here's the best part. This spring, they have up to half off on select plants. And my audience can get an extra 15% off by using promo code BILL at checkout. So please go to FastGrowingTrees.com. Use promo code BILL at checkout. Everything is expensive these days, you know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money, your retirement, your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call, and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Lots of Republican politics today. Let's get right to it. That is the subject of this evening's Talking Points memo. So we are going to have here in this news operation based on BillOReilly.com, the no spin news or radio broadcasts on and on, columns, messages of the day, the best and most accurate information about the upcoming 2024 presidential election. So y'all know that most agencies in the news business are corrupted now. We are not corrupted. We will tell you exactly what is happening and why it's happening. And I, I will get the information for you, which makes it imperative if you love your country, because this is a vital election that you stay close to us. And we're beginning that coverage pretty much today, Um, but it'll really accelerate in the summer and then in the debates and uh, primary votes early next year. So Ron DeSantis, governor of Florida, who's done a good job, in my opinion, down there is announcing that he will challenge uh, Donald Trump for the Republican nomination. He's doing it on Twitter. Talked about it with Hannity today on uh, 
Sean's radio program. We have that posted on BillOReilly.com. It's a smart move by DeSantis, and his campaign is very well organized. Um, he gets to uh, form a relationship with Elon Musk, who's very powerful. Twitter is a uh, growing concern while the television news operations are shrinking. Um, so it's a smart move. And DeSantis is not going to be challenged at all on Twitter. He can be able to say what he wants to say. Then uh, he'll go on Fox News, uh, the governor will, and then tomorrow there will be a speech. All right, so it's a very well-orchestrated announcement. And DeSantis, um, he has a chance to beat Donald Trump for the primary nomination uh, if the Trump campaign goes south. And it, you know, with all the legal problems and all of that, that's what DeSantis is treading water about. He's not going to beat Trump one-on-one. The MAGA voters are too motivated, too loyal to Trump. And in the primaries, when very few people proportionally vote, the MAGA people will dominate. All right. So DeSantis has got to know he's not going to beat Trump outright. Um, but if the Trump campaign gets battered by the legal stuff, then DeSantis is there to step right in. That's what that is all about. All right. Also, uh, in Florida, this was uh, kind of snuck under the radar uh, in April, just last month. They passed a new law that says you can keep your job as governor uh, or state senator or any any other elected position in the state of Florida um, if you decide to run for president and vice president. Okay, so in the past, you couldn't. You had to resign. So DeSantis got that through so he can still be the governor of Florida and run for president. Interesting, right? Now, uh, right away, uh, Donald Trump attacked Ron Santos, quote, if he runs, he runs, but he's very disloyal. He was a dead man walking before I endorsed him for governor in 2018. He was dead, dead as a doornail, and I revived him. I'm a loyal person. If that happened to me, I would never run against the guy who did that, unquote, Donald Trump. Okay. Nothing wrong with Donald Trump saying that. It's politics. Um, the other announcement this week was Senator Tim Scott from South Carolina saying he's going to run for president. And here's how he put it. Go. Joe Biden and the radical left are attacking every single rung of the ladder that helped me climb. And that's why I'm announcing today that I'm running for president of the United States of America. All right, little revival meeting there. I like it. So uh, Senator Scott, it served for 10 years. He'll remain in the Senate, South Carolina. Uh, he's 57 years old. His parents divorced when he was young. He was raised in relative poverty uh, by his mother, single mother, hardworking woman, who he brought out in a very um, classy way yesterday for the announcement, I thought. Um, he graduated from college. Then he worked in the insurance industry. He owns an agency, Tim Scott Allstate, to this day. All right. So in the Senate, we ran him down. Um, he was not involved in a whole lot of legislation, almost like Barack Obama. Uh, but he did in 2022 get the Law Enforcement De-Escalation Training Act passed, where uh, there would be a set of standards for police across the country 
to try to de-escalate violence, okay? A worthy law. And then also in 2022, he was behind the Democracy Defense Lend-Lease Act for Ukraine. Okay, he's a big supporter of uh, Ukraine and anti-Putin. Now, Tim Scott knows he is not going to win the nomination. He just doesn't have enough recognition or money to do so. So he's running for vice president. And there is a chance, a fairly good chance, that if Donald Trump wins a nomination, he might go to Tim Scott as VP. Here's what Trump said about Scott's coming into the race. Quote, good luck to Senator Tim Scott in entering the Republican presidential primary race. It is rapidly loading up with lots of people, and Tim is a big step up from Ron DeSanctimonious, who is totally unelectable. I got Opportunity Zones done with Tim, a big deal that has been highly successful. Good luck, Tim. So you can see the tone difference, and the reason is that DeSantis is a bigger threat to Donald Trump than Tim Scott. But again, mark my words, Scott, and I'm glad he's running, by the way. I mean, I, I think a guy like Tim Scott, who is an American success story, is desperately needed in this, in this political climate. Even if he doesn't win. Okay, I like his voice. All right, on the Donald Trump uh, front, um, March 25th is the date set for his Stormy Daniels State of New York criminal trial. Again, this is political all day long. Um, It's really, really disturbing that our country could stoop this low. You know, they don't have to um, have the trial begin right in the middle of primaries. They could have it earlier. They could have it after the primaries, but no. And that's because the judge hates Trump. I mean, it's as simple as that. All right, Judge Mercan. And um, everybody knows what this is. Everybody knows. It's take Trump off the board. And here's uh, the former president's reaction to the announcement of the trial date. Quote, just at New York County... Supreme Court hearing where I believe my First Amendment rights, freedom of speech have been violated and forced upon us a trial date of March 25th, right in the middle of primary season. Very unfair, but it's exactly what the radical left Democrats wanted. It's called election interference. And nothing like this has ever happened in our country before, unquote. And that's true. All of what he wrote is true. They are trying the radical left, the Democratic Party, New York State authorities, trying to take Trump off the chart, what they're trying to do. That doesn't mean the case is bogus or whatever. I think it is. I've given you my reasons. No one in New York City would be prosecuted for this kind of a low-level beef if there wasn't a political component, in my humble opinion. But I know New York City as well as any human being on this planet. Sorting through your expenses, estimated payments, and all those tax deductions can be overwhelming might even lead to a failure to file and failure to pay penalties that pile up on your tax debt. The attorneys at Tax Network USA have been lifesavers for many Americans. Their team has successfully saved clients more than $1 billion in tax debt, a billion. Whether you're in the hole for 10,000 or 10 million, they are ready to help. The expert attorneys and tax professionals at Tax Network USA are equipped to secure the best settlement for you and help you resolve all tax cases. So please go 
to taxnetworkusa.com slash bill, or you can call 1-800-245-6000. These debt relief programs are expected to change, so get started now. Please go to taxnetworkusa.com slash bill, or you can call 1-800-245-6000. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Born from the tragedy of 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been delivering on its promise to do good and never forget the sacrifices of America's greatest heroes. Heroes who put their lives on the line to protect our country and our communities. Heroes like Bristol, Connecticut Police Sergeant Dustin DeMonte. After responding to a domestic violence incident, he sustained fatal gunshot wounds. He left behind his expectant wife and two children. Thanks to the generosity of people like you, Tunnel to Towers paid the mortgage on the DeMonte family home, lifting a financial burden. As his loved ones mourned the decorated officer's loss, they welcomed a miracle, the child he would never get to meet. So many families need your help. Please help America's heroes and their young families. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good in their honor. 95 cents out of every dollar you donate goes to their programs. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Okay, real clear averages just give you where the race stands right now. This is an average of all the polls on Real Clear Politics website. Trump has got 56% support, DeSantis 19, Pence 6%, Haley 4%. Okay, that's where the Real Clear averages are. So you can see that Trump is way ahead, and um, I don't think he can be overtaken by the other candidates, maybe by the judicial system. Now, as many of you know, I I read an enormous amount, I have to, uh, to stay ahead of everything. And I've been reading a book called Only the Dead by Jack Carr. Jack Carr writes contemporary thrillers, okay? And I don't read a lot of fiction anymore uh, because I have to read nonfiction. Um, But I I read Carr because Carr uh, teaches me something, all right? He has a lot of credibility with me. Because he's a Navy SEAL, he served in Afghanistan, served in Iraq, Um, he knows, all right? And he writes about those things. And he writes thrillers, and they move along, okay? And that's another prerequisite. I can't be, like, trying to get through it. It has to, like my books, the killing books, they have to fly through, all right? So I'm reading Only the Dead, and in Chapter 2, a paragraph I'm going to read to you, quote, The war in Ukraine was not going well from a tactical perspective. From a strategic perspective, it had exceeded beyond their, Russia's, expectations. The Americans were drawn in, funding the corrupt Ukrainian government at levels unheard of, even at the height of their follies in Iraq and Afghanistan, unquote. So joining us now from Cleveland, Ohio, is Jack Carr. And... uh, Thank you for your service to this country, number one. Thank you for the entertaining books, number two. And as I just uh, said, you, uh, in chapter two, kind of cast aspersions at NATO and the USA defending Ukraine. Is that your uh, opinion? 
Well, it's coming from a, a Russian character, in this case, a Russian intelligence official. So I like to show what I think that is in their minds and also encourage people to go a little bit deeper and maybe just not take a, uh, a singular talking point or a singular tweet as their own opinion, because we can take these lessons and hopefully apply them going forward in the future as wisdom. And there's a lot of lessons to learn from the situation in Ukraine. Um, but when I'm think when we think about NATO and we think about the end of the Cold War and how many countries that used to fall under that Soviet umbrella are now a part of NATO and are right on Russia's borders, uh, I think it's important to take the enemy's perspective into account, especially if you're going to end up eventually at that negotiating table. Okay. Now you're a sophisticated uh, analyst of these things because you were in Afghanistan, you were in Iraq combat vet, uh, led men there. You understand, I think, the big picture. And the big picture here and why I support um, the defense against Putin is because of Taiwan and Xi, you know that. And Putin himself is, uh, you know, really suffering in Ukraine. And the Russians didn't think that it would turn out this way, a stalemate pretty much, and they're losing thousands and thousands of people. So even though we're paying an enormous amount of money to prop up Ukraine, uh, it seems to me globally, as the cliche goes, it's worth it. Am I wrong? So the, there's there's a little more to it than just what we hear in a singular tweet from someone or a singular talking point from someone. And my hope is through reading these books that people take that extra effort to go a little deeper into it and Think about the end of the Cold War. Think about the uh, new countries that have joined NATO since then, right up against Russia's border, to put ourselves in those Russian shoes, because eventually we, the West, NATO, Ukraine, are going to end up at the negotiating table with Russia. So understanding okay, their that's, perspective. That's all, that, Jack, that's all theoretical. I, I want to get away from the theoretical. Right now, you've got Ukraine fighting Russia to a standstill a stalemate right now, okay? That hurts Putin. She's watching this in China, okay? That may inhibit him from invading Taiwan. If we didn't fight Putin with aid and all of the military stuff that NATO and the USA has given him, I think it'd be a lot easier for Xi to invade Taiwan. Do you disagree with that? Oh, that our response for sure to the invasion of Ukraine is teaching the Chinese something about what happens to them if they invade Taiwan. No doubt, no doubt about that. So for that reason alone, then to dissuade an invade Chinese invasion of Taiwan, then that may be a reason to continue this. And does it need to be drawn out? How long? That's the real question is how long does it need to be drawn out? What steps can we take here? Because right now, Russia might have thought this was going to go a little faster, be more, and by faster, I mean World War I, World War II, not some of their longer wars than that. And but what happened was all of that grift that's just inherent in that Russian system, even more so after the end of the Cold War, made them think they had more bullets, more people even, more tanks, more aircraft that were operable than they actually had. So now they're into this thing, and they're digging deep back into the reserves, pulling out equipment that uh, comes from the 60s, the 70s up into the 80s but even repairing the stuff from the 80s and the 90s that gets more difficult so some of the older stuff we're seeing we think it's a bad sign but actually it works a little better because it's not as technical and they can throw a lot of it at this problem okay you write about the corrupt ukrainian government 
Do you believe Zelensky's corrupt? Do you think that uh, our money is not being used the way it should be used? It'll be just interesting to do an audit. That's that's for sure. But is it any more corrupt than what we have going on here with, uh, let's say, pharmaceutical lobbyists and uh, defense lobbyists and all that? Probably by a few degrees. But uh, but I certainly uh, talk about the similarities between their system and ours. Okay, so you don't trust Zelensky. <laughs> okay, um, I don't particularly trust Zelensky either, um, and he's got full power in that country to do whatever he wants. When you saw Biden pull out of Afghanistan. It must have been personal for you. You were there. You were there with uh, the SEALs and doing uh, fighting for the freedom of that country, which was never going to happen anyway. We know that. But what did you think about Biden's pull out of Afghanistan? I mean, it's, it's so disheartening on a variety of levels, but to think that we had 20 years to prepare for this eventuality, and that is the best that we could possibly do uh, from our elected representatives to our military leadership, 20 years. And someone didn't need to have any touch points with the military, never had to read a book on strategy or tactics to look at that situation and ask a couple questions, apply some common sense to it and ask, why did we give up this tactically advantageous position here in Bagram and put our young men and women at, the, at this Kabul airport in a tactically disadvantageous position on the way out of that country. So that was the best the United States could do after 20 years at war and 20 years to prepare. And I think that's uh, contributing to our recruiting issue right now in the military. Okay, and let's get to that. A lot of people say the military's woke. Um, they're uh, doing the uh, inclusion, diversity, equity thing there. Any opinion on that? Well, if it's not going to help our country prepare for war, it certainly doesn't need to be a part of how we spend our time in the military and where we allocate our assets in the military. That should be yeah, a baseline. Will, but, but let me, let me, let me. You, you know guys still in the SEALs, active guys. Are they saying that it's going downhill? I have heard that it is not what it once was. I think that's the, without me actually being there in those shoes, that's the, uh, I'm comfortable saying that. It is not, not what it once was. And it's a tough time for those guys to be in, especially coming off such a strong run from 2001 onward when we got to go downrange and do the job that we prepared to do and wanted to do. Um, yeah, it's tough for them right now. All right, Jack. Thanks very much. The book again is Only the Dead. And I think you guys will enjoy it. We appreciate it, Jack. Good luck to you. Spring is the perfect time to make smart financial moves like getting life insurance to protect your family. Did you know that 46% of Americans expect to leave behind debt? Policy Genius Life Insurance can cover those debts like mortgages, credit cards, car loans, college costs. In our Smart Life segment, understand that life insurance gets pricier with age and work coverage may fall short. Policy Genius simplifies by comparing quotes from top companies and ensuring unbiased advice. Their award-winning agents are ready to assist. So don't wait. Spring into action and secure your family's future. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 a year for $1 million of coverage. Head to PolicyGenius.com to get your free life insurance quotes. That's PolicyGenius.com. I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful, a lot of anxiety, and it's going to get worse. And I realized that 
one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun. So on this podcast, we take the news of the day and we run it through the Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before and we can rise above again. Politics by Faith, anywhere you listen to the podcast. Politics by Faith. Joining us now is uh, a tax expert. His name is Ryan Ellis. He is the president of the Center for a Free Economy, coming to us from Alexandria, Virginia. So you looked at uh, this BLM tax profile. How do you assess it? Well, I'm looking at this primarily as a tax preparer. I'm an IRS enrolled agent. I've run a tax preparation business for over 20 years, in addition to all my work in the conservative movement. Um, I prepare 990s. I run a 501c4, as you said, Center for a Free Economy. I do the first draft of its 990. I am treasurer of the 501c3. I do its 990. And I do 990s for clients. These 990 uh, tax returns are pretty common. And they usually don't have anything terribly extraordinary on there. Uh, I took a look at the Black Lives Matter 990 uh, yesterday and uh, noticed something that if I was taking a look at it, if my board was taking a look at it on my 990 for one of the organizations that I run, if any of my lawyers were taking a look at it, if the IRS was taking a look at it, they would have some questions because there was a lot in one year, a lot of investment losses that all of a sudden magically appeared. And I would have a lot of questions about the internal accounting of this organization. All right. So we know that not last year, but the year before 21, that the Black Lives Matter Global Foundation bought a bunch of mansions, spent more than $6 million on property in Southern California and in Toronto, Canada, I believe. Okay. But I, I don't see anything where they're using the charitable donations they get because it's a nonprofit, right? BLM, isn't it a nonprofit? It is a nonprofit organization. All right. Any other nonprofit has to do is have to file a 990. That's how we know. Well, about what, what are they doing with the 90 million? What do they do? Do they help anybody? Well, there's a lot of grant listings in there to various and sundry cleverly named organizations. I don't know who they are. Um, one, if I was Sheldon Whitehouse, I might call them dark money organizations. Um, went to them, went to some highly compensated individuals as well. I don't see a lot in the way of actually helping uh, black people in this country or helping with any particular exempt purpose that they were created to serve. Uh, they seem to be created in order to enrich themselves and then spread around some of this enrichment to their friends. I think that's overwhelmingly clear that that is exactly the case. But the IRS is never going to audit them, are they? No. And, and keep in mind, this is the same IRS audit office in Cincinnati, Ohio, that Lois Lerner came out of. Lois how, Lerner, does that work? how does that work, by the way? BLM headquarters is in LA. Why is Cincinnati involved? Cincinnati, there's different IRS offices around the country. The Cincinnati office is responsible for anything having to do with nonprofits. So back okay. about so 10 they, years ago. They handle all the nonprofits out of there. And just to refresh people's memory, there was a woman named Lois Lerner, big shot IRA person who was found to be auditing conservative groups and she was booted, but nothing really happened to her. Now, why do you think the IRS, and this is all public, they know about, have to know about it. Why wouldn't they go in and do an audit? Well, they have plenty of resources, don't they? I mean, they, they just got that $80 billion with 87,000 new IRS agents uh, last year. They're doing a better job picking up the phones, but maybe they could use some of that money 
to take a look at why the, the, why the, won't the, they they should have already done it but you know with damon's got a million dollars uh from his his former girlfriend <laughs> it's just come on i mean how blatant is that why wouldn't they go have already done it because the irs is a corrupt partisan organization uh that has a jersey on for the democrats and for the liberals in this country how That's much influence how much influence and you as somebody who knows the world does a president have on the IRS? Now, I remember when I was reporting on Fox News about Bill Clinton, I got audited three years in a row. And my attorneys, after the third audit, wrote a letter that said, we're going to file a lawsuit against you, the IRS, if you continue this. Um, because it wasn't a random, it was a targeted. I was targeted under the yeah. Clinton administration. And that, I mean, I believe absolutely that either Bill Clinton or his major domos told the irs you look at o'reilly see if you can get something so how much influence does a president have can he pick up the phone and say you audit this guy you audit that guy he's not supposed to legally that stuff may is made illegal after what johnson and to a lesser extent nixon did in the 60s and 70s but there's the law and then there's the way that the world works outside the law is there informal non-legal political influence that is exerted over the irs I've heard too many anecdotes like the one you just said about yourself to believe that that does not exist. It absolutely exists. It's something that is why we need to have an IRS, which is safe, legal, and rare, as Joyce and Elders used to say, and doesn't bother people because it is coming from a particular agenda. It is part of the other team. And you do not give extra money and resources to the other team, nor, sadly, can we expect the other team to police themselves particularly effectively. And no, I don't even know if there's an inspector general of the IRS supposedly overseeing this. Is there? Do you know if there's an inspector general? There's a general counsel's office, but whether there's an inspector general or not, they don't report to Congress. Right. There's actually because, two, uh, two congressionally appointed IRS officials, the commissioner and the, and the general counsel. That's it. Well, Nobody just, else just this week, a reporter named Matt Taibbi, he's the uh, Twitter guy, who went in and, and looked at the Twitter uh, Democratic link, he was audited. I mean, that's Absolutely. So, he was so... That's they came so to his bl- house. They what? came to his house, Bill. They came, they came to, his, to house. his house, right. Agents the IRS came happens. to his house. But it's so that, blatant. I, I've been an enrolled agent for 20 years. That never, ever, ever happens. It's so blatant. They basically, the Biden administration is saying, we don't care, we're going to violate federal law, target people we don't like, Matt Taibbi, and we're going to go to his house and make his life miserable. But you it, say that's against federal law. It is certainly against IRS procedure. The idea that somebody comes to your house, that an agent knocks on your door, unless you're the subject of a criminal investigation, which he is not, that is extraordinarily unusual. They claim they were doing some ID protection thing. They don't send people to I've never once in 20 years heard of the IRS outside of a criminal investigation where they're cooperating with the FBI or another agency. Send someone to your door. That is, there's a reason yeah. they don't do that thing because it would. It's. it's I, I believe the federal government's corrupt and it's getting worse. Last question. I don't. I think BLM's going to get away with this whole scam. I think. I'm I don't. I know they don't get much money anymore. You'd have to be absolute moron to give them money. They don't get what they got after George Floyd was killed. All right. But I think they're going to get away with everything. Last word. I think you're right. And you know who's you know who should really remember that? The small business owners who are going to get audited 
with these eighty-seven thousand new IRS agents who have yeah, but they haven't hired those people yet. They got the allocation, but the, if a if a Republicans um, elected president's elected next time around, they'll rescind that. That'll be, and I'm that's what I'm hoping. Mr. Ellis, thanks very much. Have a good Memorial Day weekend, and thank you for helping us out. All right, let's go to the polling Harvard Harris poll, and this poll, you know, is fairly accurate and fair. Four interesting uh, questions, 2,000 registered voters queried. First one, if the 2024 election for president were held today and it was between Donald Trump and Joe Biden, who would you vote for? Trump 47, Biden 40. Interesting, right? Second question, if Joe Biden mentally fit to serve as president. Mentally fit, 43. Doubts about his fitness, 57. Third question. Do you think that Hunter Biden laptop is real or Russian disinformation? Real 59, disinformation 41. Remember, people believe what they want to believe. Fourth question. Do you think the FBI and Justice Department are fully investigating the Hunter Biden laptop? Fully investigating 45, not really investigating 55. All right. Surgeon General issues advisory that social media is contributing to youth mental health crisis. Surgeon General of the United States is Vivek Murthy. All right, he says, I'm issuing this advisory because we're in the middle of a youth mental health crisis and I'm concerned social media is contributing to the harms that kids are experiencing. Well, he's absolutely right. And he goes on to list uh, depression, anxiety, which leads to suicide. Because you can bully on social media. See, when we were growing up, because I know a lot of you are senior citizens, would but you don't even have to be if you're over the age of 40. If somebody bullied you, you could punch them right in the mouth. I did. I'm not proud of it, but somebody bullied me. They got a shot. Now it's social media. They can rip your reputation all over the place. You don't even know who they are. And in high schools particularly, this is devastating to the kid getting ripped. I saw it when I was teaching. They didn't have the Internet back then. I saw the bullies. And how they marginalize those kids and damage those kids. And I made it my project at that high school to stick up for those kids. Kid had a bad complexion. Kid was fat. Kid uh, was a little off socially. Boom! And you know, a lot of kids can't take that. Particularly if they have bad parents. So he's right that this is a crisis. Because it's so easy to do. And that's an underreported story. So Target, you know, Target, the big uh, box store. So the CEO is mad, okay? He's saying we're seeing violent incidents in all of our stores, costing us millions of dollars. This is a guy named Brian Connell, CEO of Target. Quote, the unfortunate fact is violent incidents are increasing at our stores and across the entire retail industry. When products are stolen, simply put, they are no longer available for guests who depend on them. And, of course, the prices go up because Target estimates it's lost $500 million a year by shoplifting. Now, the reason that this is happening is because in California and other states, they don't prosecute shoplifting. New York, New York City. I don't care. Cop arrests somebody who's shoplifting, goes in, drop the charges. And they go right back out because they're drug addicts, most of them. All right? And they shoplift again. They get caught. They go in a few hours, and they're back with their heroin or fentanyl, whatever they're doing. That's Why? And who's doing that? Far left. There you go. Facts, 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 facts. The media has systematically lied to you. 
The Hunter Biden laptop story, the origin of COVID-19, the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, or how your money's being spent in Ukraine. Enough already with the lies. No more lies, hard truths only. That's what the Truth Podcast is all about. It's not standard conservative talking points. If you want that, go somewhere else. But if you want the hard truth delivered to you in a way that challenges you and will challenge me intellectually, you're not going to find anything like this on the internet. Subscribe, download now the truth. Smart life. This is interesting. Um, Another senior citizen exercise here. So 146,000 U.S. adults over the age of 65 were sampled. And the conclusion is that gardening could be the secret to a healthy heart. New study published in a journal of the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics found that gardening um, strengthens the heart. Quote, gardeners reported spending more time staying physically active compared to exercisers, and they were able to meet the recommended 150 minutes of aerobic activity with just gardening alone. All right. They had lower odds of cardiovascular disease, stroke, heart attack, high cholesterol, high blood pressure, diabetes. Wow. So I'm not a real good gardener. I just hired a gardener today (laughs) because I just, you know, I don't mind getting my hands dirty. I like the flowers and foliage. My yards look great, by the way. I pay plenty for it, but they look great. And I like that. I mean, if there's a Japanese garden anywhere near me, I'm going to go because you sit there and, you, you know. But if you yourself are gardening, then you're healthier, according to this study. Now, we uh, have uncovered a website, and I, with all full disclosure, I know the woman who runs it. Her name is Jill Brook, former uh, reporter. The website is flowerpowerdaily.com, flowerpowerdaily.com. And if you want a garden, they have tips. It's all free, I think. I think you just go on there, and uh, I guess they have products, but check it out, flowerpowerdaily.com if you're into gardening. Now, i got to ask you seriously, did you ever think I was going to do a gardening segment? <laughs> I didn't. But smart life, we want you to be healthy. So if it's gardening, okay. Well, the Los Angeles Dodgers story is starting to get a little traction. You remember, we broke this on Monday nationally where the Dodgers and the L.A. Angels are having gay pride nights, two different ones, and they are honoring a hate group. All right. And the hate group is vile. So that caught my attention. I reported it. Now the Wall Street Journal had a op-ed on it, and it's being blacked out by the network news, but we'll tell you all about it, and that is the subject of this evening's Talking Points memo. The reason I am leading with this today is because it's gone up to the White House, this Los Angeles Dodger Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence controversy, and it's reached Joe Biden. And so now, the American people should be locked in on the underlying importance of this story. And that's what I'm going to bring to you tonight. So just very briefly, um, after uninviting the group, the Los Angeles Dodgers now have apologized to the group and reinvited the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence to their Pride Night in June. 
The L.A. Angels all just had them there. They didn't disinvite them. And the reason they were disinvited, because some Catholic groups objected, including the Archbishop of Los Angeles. Now, who are the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence? Well, they are a street protest group, um, and they use drag and religious imagery. They defile the imagery to call attention to issues of gender, what they do. So they invaded a San Francisco cathedral. Two of them got communion in their hand, took out the wafer, defiled it in front of the camera. They also uh, had a Jesus and Mary themed strip tease. And they had, they just mock all the icons of Christianity. That's what they do. And they're being honored, okay? They're being honored by the Dodgers and the Angels. So here's what I said last night on News Nation. Go. So this group goes into a church, disturbs the peace in the church. Okay, no doubt they did. Mm -hmm. And the Los Angeles Dodgers honors that. So the Dodgers are spitting in my face. Yes. By saying, hey, not only are we going to look the other way and not condemn it, we're going to celebrate it. Yes. That's not acceptable to me, and I will tell you, it's not acceptable to most homosexuals. Most gay people will condemn this group. I believe that. So in the White House briefing yesterday, a reporter asked Jean-Pierre, the spokesperson for President Biden, about it. Go. The Archdiocese of L.A., Catholic leaders there, say the group mocks the Catholic faith and women religious who serve the poor and sick and is asking all Catholics to stand against bigotry and hate in any form. The president is Catholic, we all know. What is his reaction to this story? Look, I appreciate the question, Owen. I'm just not going to get into the middle of, uh, of, of uh, who a sports team is going to uh, honor or should honor or should not honor. That's just not something that I'm going to get in the middle of. All right, I might point out that Ms. Jean-Pierre is gay. She's a lesbian, okay? And for her to not do her job, and her job is to get a reaction to this hate group from the president, because it's that high, is obviously speaks for itself. So Joe Biden is a Catholic, as the reporter um, pointed out. But Joe Biden doesn't believe in anything. I'm not going to judge him because I, I got my own problems with the deity, but I'm, he doesn't believe in anything, in my opinion. Certainly doesn't believe in attendance at a Catholic church. He's not trying to save any of the unborn at all. Has Joe Biden gotten behind adoption? Has he encouraged Americans to put babies up for adoption instead of abort them? No. He doesn't believe in anything. Nothing. It's all about Joe and Jill. That's it. So this is just so disturbing. You think Biden would come out as he would with any other group. Jews, Muslims, blacks, Hispanics, Asians, any other group was being hated like this. Biden be out there and Jean-Pierre be out there. But not Catholics, not Christians. Nope. No way. Not doing it. So the next time you see him in a church, pray for him, Biden. I wouldn't want to be him. 
if there is a judgment day. That's all I'm going to say about it. Now, the Archdiocese of Los Angeles, 3 million Catholics in the Archdiocese, is what they said, quote, the decision to honor a group that clearly mocks the Catholic faith and makes light of the sincere and holy vocations of our women religious who are an integral part of our church is what has caused disappointment, concern, anger, and dismay from our Catholic community. The Archdiocese stands against any actions that would disparage and diminish our Christian faith and those who dedicate their lives to Christ, unquote. That comes from the Archbishop Jose Horatio Gomez Velasco. Okay, well, that's good. There's the Archbishop. It's a good statement. But where are you? Why aren't you out there on every uh, news channel there? Your eminence? Is that what you're called an archbishop? But cardinal is your eminence. I don't know. Whatever it is. Why aren't, you out, why aren't you on this show? Now, we're trying to get some Catholic big shots next week. And we'll let you know who we invite and what they say. But I haven't seen Velasco anywhere. And he should be out there. Remember, Jesus went to the temple and overturned all the moneylenders' tables because he was so outraged that the temple was being defiled. Why do I have to do this? Do you Catholic clerics not understand this? They're afraid. That's what it's all about. They are afraid, the Catholic leadership in America. Here is a final thought of the day. So I keep pounding it into the skulls of the urchins that I am around that they have to stop with the every, with equivocating. Word is another word of the day. So they won't make decisions. They don't plan ahead. It's like every, well, we'll do that. No, no. All right. There are too many things going on. You just can't come in and say, I want to go to a Broadway play tonight, all right? Or I want to go to the game, or I want to go to the beach, or I want this, or I want that. You've got to think ahead. Now, you can be spontaneous. You can be nimble. Something pops up. Yeah, we like that. We want that. But the younger generation, they're lazy. They're mentally lazy. They don't want to think about this. All right? I can't tell you how many times they've walked in and go, oh, uh, so-and-so is having a party, and it's two hours from now. I said, what? Where? Who? You know, I mean, come on. Now, there are things attached to planning ahead, not just for the urchins, but for adults. Number one, if you do that, it's less likely you will be tardy. When was the last time you heard that word? Tardy, T-A-R-D-Y. If you're late, unless, you know, you can't help it, sometimes that happens, and then you've got to immediately call your person, that's disrespectful to the person who's waiting for you. Number two, you have commitments if you plan in advance that you have to honor. Do what you say you will do. And number three is that this is mental discipline, that you think ahead, all right, in your life, what you want to accomplish. Your life will be so much richer and easier if you descend into the daily chaos. Believe me, you're not going to prosper. Anyway, that is a final thought. The urchins, one of them's coming around, the other is still out there. Okay, uh, thank you for watching and listening on the radio to the No Spin News. We'll see you again next Tuesday.